Hey, thanks for checking out Passionate Life Church. If you'd love to get to know us more, please visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We're so glad that you've joined us. Get ready for an awesome message. All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, hey, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us right now on YouTube Live. Thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. You guys doing all right? You're here in church today. Come on, somebody. Hey, Uh, I just want to remind everybody that this is a place of love. This is a place of joy. This is a place of peace. This is a place of comfort. This is a place where you can process what is happening in our world freely, okay? And, and man, we're all in different places as we process different things that is happening. And so I just want to let you know, this is a place where you're going to come and you're going to be encouraged. And, and we're all processing different things in our life and our, and our journey with Jesus. And man, this is a place where you come and, and feel the love of God, all right? This, uh, I'm wrapping up this part of the series today uh, called Refocus. Uh, but next week is Dad's Day. Next week is Father's Day. And we have an awesome special guest that you're not going to want to miss. He is a doctor. He's an author. Come on, Chuck Stecker is going to be speaking next week uh, for Dad's Day. It's going to be an encouraging word, okay? It's going to be an encouraging, life-giving word. And uh, one of the best things is that you're going to have an opportunity to win a meat box, Okay? We, we don't give our men meat baskets. We give them meat boxes. Come on, somebody. So you'll have a chance to win a meat box. Come on, it's going to be a great day today. Uh, we're wrapping up our series on refocus. Man, we just, man, with all the noise and, and all of the voices in our life, whether it's the media and TV or radio or, or the internet or, or social media, whatever, man, there's just so much noise in our lives. And man, if we, we just need to refocus, right? Because God didn't disappear in the pandemic, right? Like, like man, this year is not over. There's lots of time left in this year. Man, God's still got good things in store for our life for 2020. The year's not over. And so we just need to readjust and refocus on what God has in store for us because he's still got plans. He's still got promises that he wants us to fulfill. He still has a destiny for our lives. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for every person that's watching online right now, God. It is not by mistake that they're here. It is not by mistake that they're watching online. You have a word for us right now. Lord, we just want to take this time to just pray for all of our police officers and, and sheriff departments all over uh, the United States today. God, I just pray that you protect them, Lord. Uh, God, that you lead and guide them, Father, right now. Lord, we just pray uh, over all the protesters right now. God, we just uh, pray that they would uh, find what they're looking for, Lord Jesus. God, we just pray over the rioters right now. God, we just pray peace over their lives, God, in their hearts right now. Lord, even though we're, we're, we're dealing with all of this 
uncertainty, God, we know that you're certain, Lord. God, so we lift up our nation right now. We lift up President Trump and, and Vice President uh, Pence, Lord. Give them wisdom, Lord, to lead our country well, Lord. God, we just pray over our city officials and our Governor Jared Paulus, Lord. Give him wisdom, Lord, to lead our state well, Father. Lord, even though we're, we're divided right now, Lord, we believe that you can unite us once again, Father, that we would turn towards you. Even though there's lots of bad things that are happening, Holy Spirit, we know that you can bring it all together for good. Lord, we love you. We just pray right now that we would focus on the next 30 minutes uh, on the word that you have for us. Lord, we love you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Thank you for the clap, for the prayer. The title of the message today, the title of the message is Focusing on Compassion Over Criticism. Focusing on compassion over criticism, and we'll get into this in a little bit. Let's, let's uh, read Isaiah 43, 19. This has been our launching scripture over the last couple weeks. Let's read it. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? And this is what we've been talking about over the last couple weeks. Are you seeing God work? Because God is always doing this, right? He's always making a pathway through the wilderness, and he's always creating rivers in the dry wasteland. He's, he's, man, he's working on our behalf, even though there's protests, even though there's pandemic, even though there's riot, God is still working on our behalf. And just because we don't see it today doesn't mean God's not going to come through tomorrow. Amen? So what we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks is we've been talking about uh, miracles, specifically blind people miracles. Jesus healing different blind men, blind beggars, right? And we've been pulling, extracting uh, different truths out of that. And so today we're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about this uh, moment that Jesus has with this blind beggar. Let's read it in John chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Let's just stop there for a moment. So, I don't know if the disciples were like feeling good, like, like just a spiritually elite in this moment, right? Were they going to ask Jesus this deep, you know, this deep question, right? And, and for us today, we're, we're looking at this question, right? You know, whose fault was it that this man was born blind? Well, today, we probably think this is kind of dumb, right? Like, it's kind of a stupid question. But if you understand the context of where the disciples were coming from, this was Jewish theology. This is what they were brought up learning. Uh, and basically, let me just give you a quick synopsis of, of Jewish theology. They believed that a baby and its fetus could sin. They, they believed that, that a baby could sin, and, and if a, a child was born with uh, deformity or, or, you know, something wrong with it, like blind, then it either was the baby made a mistake, the baby sinned in the mother's womb, or it was the parent's fault. They must be in, in, in a really bad sin for this child to be born like that. Basically, Jewish theology is if you were suffering, okay, if you were struggling and suffering, that meant that you were in sin. 
Um, if you remember the book of Job, right? Job was the, man, he was the most righteous person on the planet, uh, and, and he was also the most wealthiest. And, and he, was, he was so righteous that God was bragging about him to Satan, about how awesome he was, right? And Satan's like, well, it's because he's rich that, that he serves you. And so God literally removes his hand of protection off of Job and allows Satan to do all these horrible things to him. And, and if you remember the conversation that Job is having with his friends, his friends are basically like, bro, what did you do, right? Like, man, you must be in some deep sin for all of this happening. And Job's like, no, I'm not. Like, like no, no, I'm, I'm not. I still love Jesus. I still have faith. And, and, and so this was the Jewish theology. They believed that, man, if you were suffering, then you must be in sin. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, he completely destroys this theology, right? Because he was sinless, right? He was sinless, and he suffers the most. And so he completely destroys uh, this thought and this theology that because you're suffering, you must be in sin. And so when we see someone in need, and I'm going to bring current culture into this moment, when we see a need, right? This person had a need. He was, he was a blind person, right? He obviously had a need. When we see a need, there's usually one or two ways we look at it. One of the two ways that we lean, either we criticize the person in the need or we have compassion on that person who is in need. Come on, we've all been driving and at a stoplight and we've seen a homeless person, right? And we've created a backstory already in our mind why not to give them money? Oh, it's quiet in here. Come on. Come on. We've all done that, right? We've all created. Oh, he must be a drug addict. If I give him money, he's going to go buy crack. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just going to waste it. Right? We've already created a backstory, and we begin to criticize this person that is in need, right? We either lean one or two ways when we see a need. Either we criticize it, or we are moved by compassion to help that person. That's what we're in today. We have a bunch of people criticizing each other, and it's everybody, right? It's everybody is criticizing everybody. Basically, the Jesus, uh, basically, the disciples of Jesus go to Jesus. They say, Jesus, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Man, we're, this is what we're in today. Everybody is blaming everybody for everybody's problems, right? And we all have this spirit of criticism. Let me tell you, the spirit of criticism is nasty. It brings people down. It causes people to feel horrible about themselves, right? And, and, and this is what we're in today. We're, we're in a place today where everybody is blaming everybody. The spirit of criticism is just running rampant in our society today. And so you want to know how we fix this? Man, it's, it's really easy, right? How do we fix all of this disunity and what our country is going through? It's the words of Jesus. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, what does that mean? That means love everybody like you love yourself. Treat everybody like you want to be treated. It's literally that simple. And instead of being moved by criticism and, and trying to blame somebody, that we would be moved by compassion to see how I can help. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I would say 99% of police officers are good people. 
like, are like good people. They obviously didn't become a police officer for fame and fortune, okay? Like they, they literally came, they literally wanted to serve their community and, and protect the people that can't be protected. Like, like, man, most police of, police officers are great people. They're doing it for the right reason. And we need, we need to have compassion on them. That's a hard job. And then these protesters, right? We, we need to have compassion on them. They're obviously passionate about something and they want to see change. And this is how they're trying to get change. And so can we have compassion on them and, and have an open dialogue and have conversation that, that isn't critical or looking to blame or, or cause fault, but, but actually have the love of God in the center of it? Man, these people that are, that are destroying our cities all across America, and these people are broken they're hurting, they're wounded. Now we have to have compassion on them too. And, and man, why, why are you so broken? Why are you so angry? Why are you so bitter instead of just, just blaming? Man, we're just playing the blame game. Well, whose fault is it? And let's just criticize and tear down. How about we show compassion and build up? You show compassion for one another. Because you look at the life of Jesus, everywhere he went, he was moved by what? He was moved by compassion. And he had compassion for people, and so he healed them. He had compassion for people, so he taught them. He was moved by compassion. If we want to see the nation changed, we need to be moved by compassion. Instead of looking to blame, man, how can I help? How can I encourage someone in this moment of what you're struggling with? Man, the struggle is real for everybody. And so how can I bring some peace to the situation? It's compassion instead of criticism. And I'm going to show you in this story where Jesus specifically breaks the spirit of criticism that is on his disciples and that are on the Pharisees and everybody that is in this, this, this story, right? Because the disciples are like, all right, Jesus, who do we tear down? Who do, whose fault is it? Is it his fault that he's blind or his parents? You know, they're looking to tear down. And look at the response of Jesus here. He says this, now that wasn't was not because of the sins of his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We've all lost some things over the last couple months, right? Whether it's a job or career aspirations or school or, or, or hanging out with our friends, or, you know, whatever. We've all lost something. Just the normal, normalcy of life, you know, going to the gym. Like, we've all lost certain things in our life, and maybe you've lost relationships. Maybe you've lost a vehicle. Maybe you've lost uh, finances in this, this, this time, right? Let me tell you, we don't need anything that has been taken away from us to reach the destiny that God has for us. Listen, whatever we've lost, whatever you've lost, and maybe it's over the last two months, maybe it's been the last couple years, right? Maybe a relationship, maybe a job, maybe a career, whatever it is, whatever you've lost, God doesn't need that for you to fulfill the purpose and the plan that he's created you for. But so many of us, man, we're so 
focused on what we've lost, right? Man, I've lost my peace, right? And so I lost peace, I lost peace, I lost peace. Well, yeah, you're stressed out because you're focused on the lost peace that you have. We just need to refocus on the purpose and the plan that God has for us and what he's about to give us because he wants us to gain in this process. But we're so focused on what he's, man, what's been taken or what's been lost that God can't give us anything. We can't gain anything through this. Let me, let me, let me say it this way. We all have weaknesses, okay? We all have weakness. We all have struggles. We all have we all have lack, right? We all have deficiency. And, and, and if, if someone were to ask you, hey, what's your biggest weakness or what's your biggest lack right now? And I think we'd all be able to answer that question, right? Because some of us, we get stuck in, in, we get stuck in not being educated enough. We get stuck in not uh, having enough resources, right? to truly live the life that we want to live, right? We just get stuck in this moment. And so we just get stuck on our weaknesses and our lack and our deficiency. And because of that, we, because of that, we feel like we have disqualified ourselves from the power of God. And Jesus would say, that actually qualifies you for the power of God. When you let God into your weaknesses, when you let God into your deficiency, when you let God into your lack and you say, God, I can't do this on my own strength. I need you in this area. That's when the power of God swoops in and we experience a miracle from God. Now, if you were to say here today, if you were to lie to me and tell me you have no weaknesses, you have no deficiency and you have no lack, well, then you don't need God. But I haven't met anybody like that. I have met people that are better at hiding their weaknesses and their lack than other people, but I've never met anybody who didn't have weaknesses. And it's because so many times we're, we become ashamed of our weaknesses to the point because we think it disqualifies us somehow from the destiny that God has in store for us when Jesus is like, man, I'm just waiting for you to give me your weakness, to give me your lack, to give me your deficiency so you can experience the power of God in that area. I'm preaching better than you responding, but that's okay. <laughs> we just get caught up in, in what we've lost and what I don't have. Well, I don't have that. I don't have that. And we see the apostle Paul and Sometimes we look at the scripture and we're like, oh, that's so poetic, you know? And when he says, man, I, I, man I, I'm thankful for my weakness because that's when God comes in and he's strong in that area of my life. Paul is just, he's just saying, man, that's where I see the power of God move is when I admit my weakness and I allow the spirit of God to come in to my weaknesses, to my deficiencies, to my lack that's where I experience the power of God. And that's what Jesus is saying to his disciples. No, no, no. This is an opportunity for a miracle. This is an opportunity. Maybe the situation that you're in today, God is just setting you up for a miracle. God is just setting you up to experience the power of God. Amen? Let's continue with the story. John 9, 4 through 5. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. 
The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. You, you can leave that passage up for a moment. This is one of these passages. Jesus spoke at such a high level. I mean, he, he spoke in parables and stories. And when he would teach the crowd, the disciples would be like, yes. Oh, so, so good, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. With you, man. And then afterwards, they'd be like, bro, what were you saying? Like, what did you say? Like, n- nothing. We got nothing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this is one of these, these, these passages that there is a deeper meaning. He's not actually saying what he actually means. And so let, let, let me just, let's just dig in a little bit deeper in this moment. Basically what Jesus is saying, he's saying, that when you are called by God, and if you're sitting here today, you've been called by God. If you're watching online, you've been called by God. Jesus is saying every single believer has an assignment. And what he's saying here is when the night comes, and he's talking about death, when you're dead, you have no more earthly assignments. You're in heaven, and so you, there's no more opportunity to complete earthly assignments. And Jesus is saying here, look, man, God's got an assignment for your life but you don't have forever to complete it. You see, there's a time crunch, right? Listen, we look at everything that's going on in our world. Jesus could come at one o'clock today, okay? Like Jesus could come at any moment. And so Jesus is trying to give them a sense of urgency. He's like, listen, you don't, I'm giving you an assignment, but you don't have forever to complete it. And attached to that assignment are people that I need you to have compassion on. Attached to that assignment are people that I need you to show the love of God to. That wherever, in your workplace, in your school, wherever you go, whatever your assignment is, I need you to complete it so people can experience me. I remember there was this one point in my life where God was just silent in my life and I was getting frustrated. I'm like, God, come on, like, let's move on, let's move forward. And he spoke to me and he said, Andrew, you still haven't completed the last assignment I gave you. And I need you to complete that assignment before I give you another assignment. And if you're wondering what your assignment is, Go back to the last thing that God spoke to you. And maybe you're kind of at a, at a stale place in your life. You're kind of, you know, you're not moving forward because God is still waiting for you to complete the assignment that he gave you long ago. And the reason why he hasn't moved you on or you haven't had breakthrough or, or you haven't experienced the blessings of God because he's still waiting for you to complete the original assignment that he gave you. And so Jesus here is trying to give us a sense of urgency. He's like, man, don't wait forever. Don't procrastinate because there are people attached to your assignment that I need you to complete. And tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And he's saying, look, when you're in heaven, it's over. Your opportunity in this life to show the love of Christ, to have compassion, to help is over. So Jesus is like, I've given you an assignment. I need you to complete it. Let's continue. Verse 6 and 7. Then he spit on the ground. Last week, so last week, two weeks ago, I don't know the deal with Jesus, blind guys, and spit. I just... 
This is his thing, okay? I don't know. <laughs> he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva. Now, this is just how I think. I, I, this is how I think. How much saliva do you think it takes to make two mud pies? Like, how long is he there? Hang on. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's just, it's just like, what are you doing, right? Like, he's just spitting in the ground, playing in the dirt. Now, there are some theories that some theologians bring it back to the, the book of Genesis where, where God is forming man into the dirt and Jesus is symbolizing that. And, and, and that, that's cool. That, that's, that's great. But we don't know. We, we don't really know that that's what Jesus is doing. Um, I, I believe that what the point that Jesus is trying to break, make more is he's trying to break the spirit of criticism because not only is he spitting on the ground, but he's also doing this on the Sabbath. Okay, real quick, I want, I want to go to Leviticus 15.8. Go ahead, put Leviticus 15.8. I want to show you why this was such a bad moment, okay? If you were a Jewish person and watching this, if the man spits on you, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water. So this is like, like Jewish law. This is what they live their life by. And you will remain unclean until evening. So if you were touched with spit or somebody spit on you, I mean, even today, that's pretty gross, right? That's pretty disrespectful if somebody spits on you. And so what the Jews believed, that it completely defiled your whole body. And so you had to wash all your clothes. You had to wash your whole body, right? And you were unclean for the whole day until the next day. And so his Jewish disciples are like, What's, what's happening here? Like, what's going on, right? We, we know that spit is unclean. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is trying to break the spirit of criticism, of legalism, of judgmentalism in this, this, this moment. And, and Jesus is just saying, I'll do whatever I want to do. And so he's spitting in the ground, making mud pies. Let's go back to the, the passage and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seen. If you could leave that passage up for a moment, I'm going to preach from it from a little bit. And so he says, so he puts the, the mud over the blind man's eyes. Okay, so <laughs> this is why many times God doesn't show us what he is actually doing in the background. Because for many of us, if we could see exactly what God is doing and exactly how it was going to turn out, we wouldn't do it. Right? Like, like just think if this guy's not blind and he's crippled. And he's watching Jesus spit into the ground. 150 times, you know what I mean? And he's playing with some mud. And then he takes the first mud ball and he's like, oh, hold up, bro. Like, what you doing with that? Like, well, wait a minute. What are you? Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to put it in your face. No, no, no. Uh, you spit. Like, I saw some stuff in there. Like, you, that wasn't all just saliva. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like back off, right? I don't, I don't want that in my face. And many times, this is how God works. He's doing things on our behalf that we don't understand. But literally, if we could see what God is doing, many times we'd be like, God, uh, I don't want that. 
How many times have I gone out in faith and I've said this to God, God, if I knew that you were going to do it that way, I would have never done it. He's like, my point, exactly. And there's a reason why God is doing this to this blind guy, because he literally can't see what's happening, right? So he's going to get smacked in the face with mud, and he doesn't even know it. And God's like, man, that's how I work. I want to smack you in the face when you're not even looking, and trust that it's in your benefit. And I love, I love that, man, spirit of criticism, but also that, man, there's just something about the touch of God here. Like, there's just something about the touch of God. And remember, he was also fully human. There's just something about the human touch and in the touch of God in this moment. I mean, did Jesus have to touch him? No. He didn't have to touch. He, he's healed people in different cities, right? I mean, he didn't have to do this, but he does this on purpose. And I believe he's showing us how powerful the human touch is, how powerful it is when God touches us. And so this guy looks ridiculous. I mean, just ridiculous, right? And then Jesus gives him an assignment, right? Jesus gives him an assignment. He says, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Okay. I'm going to use my mask today. So he's blind, right? Just, just think about being blind for a moment. Okay, and you've been blind your whole life. You've been in darkness your whole life. Now, now Jesus tells you to go find a pool, right? How are you going to get to the pool, right? You're, you're blind, and you look ridiculous, right? I'm, I'm telling you right now. I want to make sure I don't fall off the stage. Uh, I, right now, he's just like, hey, somebody, take me to the pool. Hey, like, listen, this blind guy does not care who is taking him to the pool, right? He's, he doesn't care. Hey, somebody. I need to get to the pool. Like Jesus gave me an assignment. I, I need to get there. I need to get there. He doesn't know where he's going. Man, maybe he's even crawling there. Like he doesn't care what he looks like. Listen to me. Sometimes in life, many times in life, following Jesus is like the blind man. We're going blind. And we just have to trust that there's a pool when we get to our destiny, right? At the end of our assignment, that we're going to experience the power of God. Sometimes we have to go blind. And many times it's for our purpose that we're going blind. Because if we could actually see what God was doing, we'd say, no, thank you. And look at this. Look at this. It wasn't until he gets to the pool he takes the water and he puts it all over his face, right? And he cleans the mud and everything out when he received his miracle. It was when he completed his assignment. It was when he was obedient to what God told him. Even though he didn't understand it, even though he looked ridiculous, he didn't care. When he was completed his assignment of obedience, that's when the power of God came in. That's when the miracle was completed, when his obedience was done, when his assignment was done. Now, what is God asking you to do? Man, you, I'm telling you today, you could be so close to your miracle. Now, you could be so close, but many times we've got to go blind 
Because what, 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 what does Scripture say? Scripture says we don't, we don't live by what? We don't live by sight, but we live by faith. And faith many times is blind faith. We're trusting God in the darkness. Even though we don't understand what he's doing, we know that he's working on our behalf. Amen? Let's continue the story. John 9, 8 through 9. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. It's, it's me, right? Like, they're literally telling this guy that he's not him. <laughs> and I want to end with this, this statement this, this morning because God has an assignment for our life, but Satan has an assignment for our life too. And he will send people into our lives who will be just like this crowd. And we talked about the negativity of the crowd last week. Not everybody will be excited about you encountering the power of God. Not everybody's going to be excited in your life that you're completing assignments from the Holy Spirit. Not everybody's going to be fired up about it. So these people were, were literally denying that he was himself. And there's going to be people that, man, Satan's going to send into our lives that their whole purpose is to bring doubt. Oh, you didn't hear from God. Mm, God didn't. Mm. Oh, God, God, didn't, God didn't heal you. God didn't bless you. God, that's just coincidence, right? And there's people in our lives that, man, we just need to shut out the noise and refocus on what God is doing in our lives because God's got an assignment for us. And let me tell you, it's an awesome assignment. And it's always, people are always attached to that assignment. But listen to me, we have to break the spirit of criticism in our lives. Let me, let me talk for myself today. And I, I had the spirit of criticism. I love to criticize. And it's just natural, right? Like if you're a fan of any team, come on somebody, that's the fun. Let me just, let me criticize every move John Alway makes. Right? We, we just, we feel like it's our right as Americans to criticize, right? And if we want to see a nation healed, if we want to see a move of God that, man, God is ready to release. Man, he's ready to flood our churches. He's ready for the breakthrough. But are we? And what he's waiting for, he's waiting for some people to say, man, I'm going to do my assignment. Even if I don't understand, God, what you're doing in the background, man, I'm going blind if I have to go blind. And I don't care who helps me. Listen, here's the thing. Many times, when Satan brings somebody, God brings somebody to help you get to the pool. And many times we don't have to get there alone and he doesn't want us to try to get there alone. That's why he created something called the church so we can do life together, so we can help each other to complete assignments, so we can help each other to get to the pool, so we can help each other to experience all that God has for our lives. 
God wants us to experience his power. But we have to be, we have to do our part. We have to be obedient to what he's calling us to do. We have to disregard the noise. There's lots of noise. And focus on the purpose and the plan that he has in store for us. Come on, let's let the spirit of criticism break and let the spirit of compassion well up. When we see people in need, when we see people hurting, we don't blame them or we don't put fault on them, but we forgive them and we love them and we show compassion to them. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we go into our response time this morning. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. You're watching online and you said, man, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to right now. Or maybe you've, you've drifted from the truth. You've drifted from God. Man, you've, you've been caught up in, in all of this negativity and all of this criticism and you've lost your focus on your one true love. You've lost your focus on God and the assignments that he's given you. You just want to make a rededication this morning to follow Jesus. Again, every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands up. And I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. Thank you again for joining Passionate Life Church today. If you want more information on events, you can visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We look forward to seeing you soon.